Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. You might not have realized this, but we're sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe we should also do a few more obvious facts that we could share. Obvious, one obvious fact. Hmm. Was that we... Actually, family relationships in our family are not obvious facts. That's true. I feel, like they, I feel like they are, but then people occasionally are like what nancy wilson is your mom yeah and i but but she is our mother she is she is our shared mother and andy wilson is our brother it's and doug wilson is our father yeah and all of those people have books that (laughs) that sometimes people you know and occasionally i feel like sometimes hostile people put together charts of us do yeah to try to alert the public that we're like this intense mafia mm-hmm. somewhere you know you know really, that's how we are yeah but yeah. the really great thing is they forget people when they do the chart <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember who was left off the last one that i saw that people were putting up as like a kind of a beware of these people sort of a graph for a public service but they'd forgotten someone i don't know if it was ben or i i it was somebody that was quite like, clearly oh, you didn't related. Catch, you didn't catch yeah. all the villains. You didn't get everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. you've watched Riot and the Dance, Gordon is our uncle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And the Dane, Dane is our, our cousin. cousin. is the cameraman mm-hmm. on a lot of that. I'm like, it's always funny when that happens. Though, like, um, I feel like when I went to a few homeschool conferences... We kept blowing people's minds that Nate and I were related <laughs> because funny. it was like put you in a different context, right? And people were like, "But he's one of my favorite authors." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, but mine too." I was like, "We haven't been trying to keep it a secret that we're no. related. No. It just is that now we have different last names, so that's yeah how it is. Makes it complex. Yeah. Well, we're just staggering into we spring are. here. The fields are turning green, which is the best time it's always of year. wonderful when that and, happens and it's you know everything is like the last of the snow it's kind of gone and it reveals the carnage yeah of what's gone on while we weren't looking and this is a time of year not today because it's cold right now but it's the time of year where we'll have a hot day all of a sudden and Luke always says it looks like someone shook out the shag rug. <laughs> and it does because out comes staggering all these white people that look like they Very haven't pasty. ever seen the sun. Very pasty. Wearing clothes that look like they've never worn. Like they're, everything's discombobulated. Like how can the it's whole. It's not even white people. It's kind of gray, slightly blue people. Yes, but it's the, um, with purple splotches usually because of the, it's not usually <laughs> so hot right away that no. you're not having some shock. The, yeah, uh, I was gonna say though, there's something about it that is you can tell everyone's clothes came out of a bin or a, <laughs> or a place that they haven't they haven't been in the current circuit lately. And, and yes. you yes. just look around, you're like, wow, this is what we had stuck in the rug well, of Moscow. I had some things stuck in the rug on my porch because we did, you might recall, back before. November um, pumpkin carving with oh, all of us uh-huh. in my house you remember this and we uh-huh. had buckets of all of the pumpkin guts from all over the because we did it yeah. inside but then I think they got carried out to the porch and set kind of around the corner on my Whoa, wraparound porch that's a thing and then snow and oh because we left for England that's what it was we did that pumpkin carving and then we left for England like in the next day or something. Yeah. And so, um, they got set out there by the time I got back, we just, I forgot. And then they were just around the corner and they were kind of like, whatever. Well, some squirrels found that. And I think it's been getting them through the lean times. (laughs) And, and so, but because of the snow, I did not see the incredible amount of carnage of just pumpkin seed debauchery that is (laughs) all over it was under like the rail of the porch that was just covered in snow Mm -hmm. for some time and then it was like it melted and there was just a huge to-do 
of <laughs> seeds everywhere. You're gonna have the brew pumpkin crop I in your lawn. I went out with a real sort of a, a broom and kind of a chisel action with the dustpan. <laughs> oh my word! Get it, get it cleaned up. So. Yeah, it's you a real know. thing. For any of you who live in places and have lots of children, but where you don't, where the seasons are not such hard clapping changes of pace. <laughs> wow, this is the time yeah. of year that yeah. really, my hot tip for mothers of growing children is that in that first wave, when it first gets really hot and, because it, it seems like it goes from, we're wearing socks and hoodies to like why do we not own shorts and yeah, everyone sure. gasping for air they're so mm -hmm. overheated so I would just go at all the long sleeve t-shirts with a rotary cutter cut all the sleeves off because any any knit wear like a knit fabric will just curl like it mm -hmm. won't unravel sure. if you cut it that way and I could buy myself a few days while Are we I, talking about like you're making everyone muscle shirts? No, I would make them short sleeve. You can just on a long sleeve T-shirt, you can just, oh, just cut, cut the sleeves short off. Sleeves. Okay. For a boy's shirt, I was like, this is interesting because I've never seen your family. No, in no, a, in no, no I'm saying shirt. it was much more when they were smaller, when sure. they were little. And the thing was that by the end of the winter, they weren't the clothes that I wanted to save for anyone. They'd sure. been used and you know yeah. whatever. But if you cut the sleeves off. I would cut the girls sort of at a little angle so it makes mm -hmm. sort of the cap sleeve and the boys just at a straight angle mm -hmm. lower down so it looks more like a traditional <laughs> boys shirt. And I bought myself a few days every year but it, it's a really dual purpose <laughs> because it also solves the problem of what you're going to do with the things you outgrow. <laughs> what I'm going to do funny. is cut them off, cut off all the jeans. Cut off all of the shirts, have yeah. everybody wear their sawed off clothes for a couple days while I gathered up a fresh batch of t-shirts. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to it's keep kind of like, with that many people's it's clothing like it's needs. It's sort of the Huck Finn moments that you're describing. Yeah, sort of big time. The between season Huck Finn outfit. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and it was, the thing is, is it, the season change is a big deal because, I, I mean, I feel like to a bunch of you, you're all like, Yes, I know. Tell me. So, but to those of you who live in warmer climes, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, there's a whole element to life right. that you... Right. I'm just saying, the problem is, is that your children won't fit what they wore last time it was this temperature. Right. So there's no... And sometimes you get reckless and you buy a head and things will for sure go wrong with that too. Yeah, they yeah. won't fit those. No, for sure. So and I, if you have hand-me-downs, guaranteed your kid will be the wrong size in the wrong season. That's us in the cleats. The <laughs> it was us in the in the hockey skates. I'm like, I'm like, like hockey how skates. many cleats can one family need? Yeah. But are we ever? The answer? Are we 912. ever? Yeah. Do we ever have a cleat? That is the one yeah. that was needed. Probably no, not. We uh, always have to uh, frantically uh, stop at Big Five. No, but the ice skates are worse because new ice cleat. skates are massive, or or ski boots, because those are just huge and unwieldy, and there's nowhere to put them. Mega brings up ski boots, but the last time she decluttered the ski boots, they came straight to my shed. <laughs> so. I didn't you have a ski boot yes, problem. Please. I didn't have a ski boot problem until you made yeah, one for well, me. Oh, I did. I brought yeah. that to you. But there's the, but you have a shed, so yeah, we have the the bad. cleats are one. Basketball shoes is another one that I save because they get pretty mm. minimal wear. You know. Yeah. It's a it's a hard time, but it's true. Whatever the season change. All of this aside, it's and you can't remember what you cook. Or what anyone eats. No. I will say though, we got through Easter in blizzards basically the whole week leading Easter up. Easter was pretty. Yeah, but it was the whole week leading up to it was snow. Well, but not like, not like snow building up everywhere. Oh, but it was on the ground covering the yard. What? Yeah, it was. I can show you Weird. photographic evidence. But we zoomed over to Oregon. The week before, because we were, for Hero's birthday, we were going to take her on a trip over to the Tulip Festival, which seemed like it would be super fun. And then, of course, 
the time that we had like blocked off and set aside should have been right at the peak bloom. But I felt better about my own like state of the bulbs in my yard because mm -hmm. over in Oregon, which is way ahead climate wise of where we would be here. They, hi, when I was buying the tickets like the day before, like we're already in Oregon and it's, they have on their website, like, in the 40-plus years that we have been doing this festival, this is by far the latest that we have ever had the bloom. And only 5% of the tulips were in bloom. It was just... But it was enough... Like, my, a, what a lot of greens we've yeah, come to see. It was enough acreage that, honestly, 5% of the tulips was still millions of tulips. And so it was very pretty. But it was all the probably earliest blooming varieties so it was just a few varieties that you could see that were but they were gorgeous and it was very fun and I was glad we went and we definitely need to go back it was fantastic but it was just our luck that we made the trek mm -hmm. over there for the five percent of the tulips yeah. but my own tulips do you have any tulips yeah Blooming? Are they, no, are they no. coming up? They're, yeah, but they're just little yeah, squeaky little, bumps. Looking yeah. like, looking like you know, they're... I'm feeling extremely put out because I did all those pots, remember, in the fall? I, like, planted yeah. all those the pots. Lasagna of, pots? Yes. I planted hundreds of bulbs, and I have a grand total of, like, six little tiny sort of nodding at maybe being a leaf. But wow. Yeah. Why? I have no idea. I'm trying to console myself that Oregon, too, is behind. That huh. maybe it will all come in well, in the we next few weeks. Well, we had some emergency planting bulbs in when it was snowing in the fall. <laughs> and some of them are up. Okay. I have. This one the, I was like, Titus, just dig a trench. Titus, we'll just dig it. And we'll just throw these in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It worked out all right. I think that some works. of them, but I don't think all of them are joining us this spring. I think just <laughs> Did you some. plant them upside down? That'll... I don't, if you just I swung them into a ditch. that we planted them upside down. I... But they it's might hard be, to know. Yeah. Maybe they're growing down, diligently. you think? Yeah. yeah. Just, just kind of... Well, as far as in. I know, we didn't put them upside down. But anything yeah. is possible. Yeah. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. So, what do you have of substance, Rachel, that you want to talk about Me. today? Me? Why don't you start with your substance? <laughs> I, man, I don't have anything of substance. Nothing. Nothing. No, no encouraging remarks to offer today. No, I think Everyone, I'm, we're going to just witter on about tulip bulbs. I'm in a real phase of my life because having a newborn is one of those things that just does renovate your life. Yes, it, it does. does. It does. It does do things differently for you. And we're just, you know, one of the things that my husband said that I think is just great. It's like there are just the phases of life where you're like the whole plan right now is that we just aren't stopping. You're just yeah. like this is the part in the run where you have to rely on your commitment to not walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. not the part where you rely on the fact that you want to run or it's that you that rely line. on the part where you feel like you're doing a good job running. It's the part where you're like the it's key the, ingredient is the not quitting. The line from Kipling's if mm -hmm. is um and so keep on when there is and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them hold on. Yeah, well, that and that's it. And it's not, I don't mean that like in a depressing way. I mean it in a like, it's just, it's the, it's on the calendar. It's the lifestyle of disruption and not feeling yeah. like you're good at things that you could have been good at Yeah. at other times. Or like that is even the things that are your, what do you do well on autopilot is no longer a thing that you, you know, that it just, I think God always does this to us because yeah. getting older does that to you. Like there's a lot of things that just you will life is made to go through transitions like that. It's yeah. not it's it's made to be like as soon as you feel like you've got the rhythm down with your one baby you get pregnant again or so, you get a bigger house or you you know whatever. I'm just in that phase where it's like okay, all about keep it on, keep I it on. And that there is something here that I wanna say. Okay. Which is that I feel like you've tapped into something that I see frequently 
on social media. Like you're talking about this, the constant change, like you get into a rhythm and then, and then it gets upended and it might be just a new season or it might be a new season of life, like having a newborn. Yeah. Maybe it's just spring happened. Um, but I feel like there are moments where you're in a groove and you feel like, yes, this, this is what I should have been doing the whole time. And then inevitably, oh, and, and also you something... all have, you all have a thought at that time. Why didn't I figure yeah. this out before? Right. Why was it so hard? But then, but then this is what I think happens is when people are in that particular moment, they write us, they become dogmatic to. on social media that if you're not doing this <laughs> and, and the problem is, is if you this, don't <laughs> freeze your meals. Yeah. If you don't freeze your meals, it's no wonder you feel hectic. If you are not barbelling your heart out every morning <laughs> or if you are not keeping chickens or if you are not whatever it is like no you find people, your groove you're like weekly cleaning is the way that you can have a house uh -huh. that's not a mess uh -huh. all the time no or you get you get dogmatic about this particular diet or this particular workout or this particular schedule or this particular whatever the little system is and it's not that there's anything wrong with finding those moments and finding the groove and getting into it and being like yes this is so exactly it's like it's like getting the drink of water when you were thirsty it's like that that uh -huh. right there that was so good but the problem is you get thirsty again or you, you know like it it actually isn't the case that you can tap into this perfect moment and then just right. hold that until you die and I do think that all of those things that you see people pronouncing about all the time if it's not a direct scriptural command then you know that it's something gone wrong here right. you know what i mean like if it's somebody who I is i think i actually feel like i've said god just remodeling my life but i think in some ways it's it's more like the um like when you're rearranging something you pull all the furniture out and you're in a moment where mm -hmm. it is actually confusing because it's supposed to be confusing sure. because you're actually the goal of this time period when that happens in your life, when there's like a big rearrange of mm -hmm. your uh, habits, your rhythms, like what you think you should be, like your priorities, mm -hmm. your whatever. When that happens, the whole point of it is not like when you're doing that, it's not, it's, it's the work that's being done on the place that is the point of it, not the comfort right sure. now like sure. the point is the work and I yeah. feel like those times when we get uh like obviously it's really those are really fruitful times when you just cling to the Lord and walk with him and be thankful and not you know like and be open-handed with your everything with your yeah. routine and with your desires and with your goals and yeah. with but I keep cracking myself up because right now and I I have to, I mean, like, to be honest, this is not my first rodeo with this kind of upheaval. So in many ways, it feels like an old friend. Yeah. In other ways, I'm like, I have not done this in this kind yeah. of life. Like, yeah. we've never done this here, but I've done this a lot of times. Yeah. But it is, it is amazing how much it shapes you to intentionally need to open your hands about a lot of different things. Like, yeah. to intentionally... Be like, I'm willing to do things I've never done. I'm willing to stop doing things I thought I would never stop doing. I'm mm -hmm. willing, like, just kind of. I think it's, it's, we've talked about this a lot before, but being willing to set something down that you thought was really important, mm -hmm. that God made clear wasn't as important to him right now, but also being willing to pick it back up again when it turns out that, like, the need to have it set down is no longer there. Temporary. And a lot of times it has been temporary. You know, like there are yeah. things that's like, uh, it just is an interesting time. It's like, just, you know, you're like, okay, just but need you to know keep what I'm on. saying about like, I feel like if there's something that's a direct scriptural command, like if you and I were to get dogmatic about, it is really important that if you yell at your kids, you go put it right, right now. You don't get to save it up for days and weeks and months. You go put it right. If you're angry at your husband, you confess it and you get it right. Like, those are things you can be, like, okay. dogmatic about. Like, no, this is every single person yeah, needs to do scripture it. Scripture backs this up. Because this is, this is not vague right. in Scripture. 
But if it's something like you must stop immediately eating carbs, that's a different one. That's, that's different. <laughs> and I do feel like people maybe stopped eating carbs and they feel really good. And maybe yeah. it was a really and wonderful thing. And they feel like, thing. wait, this has solved all of the things yeah. that all the time when yeah. I was in the malaise, it was yeah. the carbs. And so, and, and you know, it's like, thank the Lord if he used something like that for you in a way that was helpful or he used that new schedule or that retreat, the planning retreat that you went on or whatever it is. If he used that, then thank the Lord for it. But then I just feel like people get so bossy about every single other human needs to be doing this very thing, this very well, yeah, and it's because it's very easy for us to turn to methods instead mm -hmm. of principles or like, yeah. and part of it is that it's our job to try to figure out the methods that reflect the principles, right? So yeah. like we're trying to figure it, it out. It has to come out in methods. I've been laughing at myself that all through our raising of lots of little kids, I posted something about this on Instagram and then people, as they are wont to do, did not understand some of the things that you said. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But I was just talking about the time when it really is the time to not be using your children to help you in your work. But when oh the, yeah, I saw the that bigger Did people get miffy about it. Well, no, I mean probably, but no, specifically people. There are people who are like, no, it was a blessing for my children to learn that they had to work. Sure. And I'm like, well, that is not what I was. The I yeah. in no way am saying. I decided that now my children should just be entitled and not bother no, to work. Not. My point is that there are times when they're working so hard that it's my duty as a loving mother to try to support them. Not, oh, yeah. not to be like, but do you see how much yeah. I would rather you were desirous of doing see, my work? See, you know, the like, thing is, the whole concept of my life for yours mm -hmm. is easily easily by by a mere tiny equation where you multiply that by negative one your well, you, life your life for mine. mine and and the or thing you your life do for is, mine which i intend my life to be sacrificing for yours so it's really just investing in your own life or to do or things it's for something me. like no i'm teaching my children the my life for yours principle they need to sacrifice yeah. for me so that they can learn what it means and to actually, be sacrificial. And actually, I think that, that this is one of those things. It's probably like, what kind of a person are you? Like a brownie edge or middle sort of a person. But you need to know your own. You need to know yourself objectively, like from somewhere else. Because are you a mom who like can't imagine asking your children to match their own socks because... Right. That's asking too much of them. Sure. Or are you a mom who can't imagine allowing them to paint at the table ever? Yeah. Like, and and you, the reality is, people fall in both of, in yeah. both of these ditches. Yeah. Like, there are the the, there are the parents who will do anything to try to create a magical experience for their children and are raising entitled little yeah. piggies. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I do think we I. I'm sure we've said it before, but I, I have noticed that sometimes moms who are very, very impressive in many ways, just omnicompetent, they take care of everybody, they make sure everything is orderly and fixed and prepared mm -hmm. and ready, and I have seen moms who are so good at something raise daughters who are the exact inverse of that mm -hmm. because or or, or don't like, want it like where they don't try their own well I just talent, mean like they maybe. never did have to because mom always handled it and so yeah. they, it's like they're weirdly um you know like the the problems that women had when they wore corsets where like if oh, yeah. it was off they couldn't sit up by themselves yeah. I think moms can be that for the kids where it's like you actually never taught them anything because you always took care of it sure. or like dads I think can produce like really hard working impressive pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps kinds of dads that raise these like limp sons and right. it's like a similar it's like a similar uh -huh. thing where you just sucked up all the oxygen in the room and you never... Yeah, one you know, of the things that I appreciated and enjoyed... Uh, enj that I appreciated. I don't know that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in the abstract. I didn't enjoy it at the time. Okay. 
or maybe I did. It's hard. This is now turning into a complicated question. When I was morning sick with Ezra, though, was there was a time where you felt like God, what God did here was he just took me out of the mix. Yeah. And it's my girls were already capable of doing a lot of things. Sure. But there were a lot of places that they rose to the occasion to mm-hmm. feed the family or do things or take the bank card and go to the grocery store and buy stuff yeah. and figure it out that I didn't even... I wasn't even an audience of it. I sure. wasn't even the person who would eat the food. I was so far gone. <laughs> I was so not present that they were just having... And it's the thing that is interesting is to see places where God can pull you back out of a place where you know you were doing things that hopefully were a blessing to others. Sure. This is the lay it down, pick it back up. Because yep. now yep. my problem is I'm trying to make a muffin in time to tell people, to show people to feel like their mother cares about them at all. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I'm back into trying to care for them sure. through food. But it was also a gift. It was a gift that God took me out of it. Yeah. For them to care for yeah. each other. and But I think that's what I mean. Where you were saying be honest with yourself. Like what kind of a mom are you really? And if you have a deep fear of asking your kids to do anything. Because you feel like it'd be too mean. Or it'd be expected right. or too much. Or even to know that, that you're just saying tough luck sporty. You're yeah, going to have like, to do this. If that's kind of your tendency. Then probably you need to lean more into the like. No sorry. Suck it up and finish your no, job. No like love is raising yeah. someone who will finish the right. job. Right. But if yeah. you also tend to be the person who expects everything from everyone. Then you might need to. Well like what I what I will notice and this is the thing about picking up and laying things down when my kids when the bulk of my kids were all little I did lay things down in the sense of I wasn't trying to set amazing tables there were there were it was like I didn't have the storage space we weren't living that lifestyle I didn't want to like I it was it's not that I tried to set ugly I mean you get what I'm saying What I'm saying is that was not the time for me to be trying to shoot the moon on having different plates and whatever. Fast forward until we're hosting Sabbath regularly and whatever. And now I've gathered a lot of different plates and Mm -hmm. napkins and things. And I like to do that. And it's a thing that we do. But could could I easily, when God has called me to care for a baby... Just taking me back out of a lot of the bandwidth to do those things. Mm-hmm. Could I easily try to hold that standard? Like all of you have to do the things that I can't sure. get to yeah. because this is the rules. Like yeah. instead uh-huh. of realizing that actually maybe the whole family would be blessed by a paper plate yeah. night when they didn't have to do all the dishes or right. do whatever because I like yeah. it's just as an inter- it's always an interesting balance and I think honestly I think it's just like what we're talking about feels to me like any it's like it's artistic because if you were like say you're cooking and you're tasting as you go you know like working on a sauce on the stove or something and you're like, you know what? That needs more salt. It's really bland. It needs more salt. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, give it a little bit of salt. But you don't want to then continue salt, more salt, more salt, more salt. Just because right. you need it a little bit right now. But then maybe you need to add a little it's bit. It's not the only answer. No. Or something else to kind of counteract that. And it feels like it is like a like an artistic thing. You stand back and you look at the canvas and kind of squint and say, hmm. That this feels like something. it's missing something. Or you taste it again and think, oh, that's not quite. I think we need to adjust. Right. And it, I, I just feel like it really is more like an artistic endeavor and not a paint-by-numbers endeavor. Well, that's where everything thing. is perfectly scripted out. And if you just simply follow the directions, you'll come out with something. You will come out with something, but it won't be great art. I think this is the thing that has to be brought up again and again and again. Because, it, like... A big part of my job and my work is trying to make the household run a certain way, right? Like trying to make sure that things are happening. I am a homemaker. That's my job. This right. is what I'm trying to do. But why am I a homemaker? Like, yeah. what is the home for? What is the point of it? Like, yeah. is the point of it 
that our house is perfectly organized all the time and clean. Like, is that actually a job done well? Or is it actually something like you're saying that's far more artistic, meaning that there are times that being a good homemaker means not having things done because you wanted your kids to be able to do something else or you want it like you are being flexible like we're trying and then there are times where you're like i'm sorry everyone no focus we cannot live like this yeah we, it's have like to, we like, need to actually be civilized a, humans this you know? is a priority right now and oh my little baby is coming out i see that my <laughs> we have we a, a special another, guest another visitor he's over it huh thanks babe Hey, Peanut. Hi. Hello, Easy. Hi. <laughs> oh, my word, you guys. He's looking so just not at all like he's having a bad time. No, he's pleased with his life yeah. now. Totally um, cheery. Hi, Easy. Anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, that the, the purpose of your home... Yeah. Is something that's a lot bigger than everyone being organized and looking right. tidy. And right. like shaping people and what they value and what they're right. loyal to and what yep. they care about is a much more involved thing than than just getting the chore chart hammered out. Right. And I do think that it's it has to always be about the people, right? But there's a lot more to it than that. So you can just be... I can't. I'm so distracted by easy. Speaking of the people. Speaking Hi. speaking Hi. of the people. He looks like he's thinking he might smile at me, but then he might not. It's just like, I, can't, I reserve judgment, Aunt Becca. He, I don't know. He's like, I can't be sure. Um, but it should be about the people. But then, of course, you have to think through the like, but what contributes to those people? Yeah, an orderly home. Yes, in certain proportions beauty and uh, you know like all of those things can feed into it but again it's like you don't just seize on only the salt and then that's the only thing you add you have to right. think of all of the different components of it and there are many many I, I really actually think and I'm sorry if I'm just repeating myself but I think that there is a really big but still somewhat subtle difference in the fact that we used to refer to the domestic arts mm. and now it is if anybody does it at all it's home ec right it's home economics which if you think about that there is a huge yeah difference in implications Didn't we just talk about this in a different I, maybe podcast? so that's what i'm we saying did. we might be repeating ourselves I, but like one is very scripted there's a specific way that it works and it doesn't work and the other is just if you think about art, it is like such an unlimited, no, I shouldn't say that. That's too close to what the modern art world is wanting to say, but it is a vast territory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you think about the domestic sciences or home economics, it is just a very scripted, hard and fast systems. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do think that the, the reducing of the domestic world to systems is okay, part so, of the problem. I don't know if I ever... If you all love this book... Sorry. <laughs> She's about to get rude. I Trigger, have I told... Trigger alert. I think maybe I have told this story, but there was, there was a time in my life when I realized I must be having a tood because... I had seen. I can't everyone. imagine, Rachel. I know it's hard, hard to believe. When you might uh, have been people having had been recommending the book Large Family Logistics mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. and I had been. Just I think you probably have spoken about steadfastly it. Steadfastly refusing to see it yeah. or participate in it, and then yeah. I, at some point, thought, "Well, that's just the worst that I won't even look at a book that deals with the thing that I." claim to be trying to figure out all the time. <laughs> I'm like, no. I alone am a pioneer into the this world. You know, I was like, oh no, I should check it out. And you know, I actually think, no doubt, there are practical tips through that book are. that are helpful. Yeah. But it just peeved me beyond all. Because it's like, no, everything is just about 
home organization and accomplishing the tasks of home organization. Yeah. Home management. And, but Can it's... Can I just ask, is that a bluebird on that post? Uh, yes, it, it is. It looks blue as it flew uh, Yeah, past. I think it is. I think the bluebirds are back. That is fun. Look at it. How fun is that? Okay, sorry. Go uh, ahead. That's it's, all right. it's focusing only on logistics. Yeah, it is a bluebird. Which is an important yeah. thing. Logistics yes. are important. But the problem is, because it's large family logistics, it's like, it's all about managing lots of people. But it just seemed to me like, really... I understand if you're saying, listen, I'm not talking about, like, we're just going to talk about ways you can get some things done, you know, sure, here or yeah. there. But all through it was all of this stuff that I, um, basically where it's treating, you know, a 14-year-old son and a 4-year-old daughter as the same thing. Like, these are sure. units of yeah. humanity that have to be organized and who's mm. going to do their socks at what time and how are we going to do it. And it's the buddy system with siblings yeah, taking care right. of younger siblings and with tantalizing rewards like you're, <laughs> you assign an older sibling to a younger sibling and the older sibling's job is to like manage everything that the younger sibling needs at the dinner table and their reward is to get to eat the younger child's leftover dessert. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, that assumes a great many things. It assumes, A, that there is dessert. B, that the younger sibling isn't a dessert Dude. hog. <laughs> B, that you really want this life where, where people are prowling around to eat the desserts of younger siblings. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of different things and some of the tips are great but it was just weird like now sure. is the time when you send everyone to their quiet place like everyone has an assigned quiet right. place and yeah. in their quiet place they do their quiet things while yeah. you recover from a day out while your crock pot burbles is, <laughs> is how the <laughs> this thing book just uh, really yeah. peeved me but the but the reason it peeved me so badly was that the purpose of the whole thing was somehow lost in transit like okay. like the purpose what's the purpose of and you like to hope that that is there it just was not yeah because i actually yeah. don't know the author and for all i know she was this was a for well, all you know she's listening right now yeah for for the effort may well have been to we're only talking about logistics right now and mm -hmm. i presume you would notice that except the problem in my opinion was that some of the things that were spelled out as this is how it should go were a thing that i would think was universally not what you should do with, you know like where I, <laughs> I I differed on those things but no doubt it, the point that I'm making is that is when the home has become a point like the purpose like an in, end in itself yes it's it's sort of like over planning a wedding sure. out to the ends of the earth yeah. and like spending all your money on a wedding instead of the thinking the marriage is the point yeah the home is not the point and and like it's the point is what the home produces and what it yeah. expresses and yeah. what it and and it's not a still shot from any given moment that right. you're trying to live up to it's like what is the what is the produce from this garden well and i do think like for instance when we had five kids under six and then we moved to england when we had five kids under seven and they're close together everybody's reckless there were there were no teenagers to buddy system anybody with it was like it was just uh -huh. a little a little crowd of irresponsible humans who we were trying to you know shepherd through life and there were just some things that you have to implement if you're going to get from point a to point b in a busy city on foot you've got to do it you know in a certain way so ben had these little drills that was hilarious he'd be like okay Merkels he's like form up and they would all run and stand in a little line from Knox <laughs> down to Judah you know in order and then he would walk first and then they'd be in the little line and I'd bring up the rear so that I could make sure there's no stragglers yeah. you know whatever and then of course universally people would be like oh, it's the Von Trapps always you know yeah. 
Um, but really, it was just about not losing any of your children on the crowded street, you know, yeah. when you can't carry everybody. I think Ben did and, that. Because we, we did that. We did form up also, but we also did the Alpha Charlie and Bravo yeah, formation. Yeah, well, he stuff, would then, yeah. when we would get to something, especially if he, like, had Judah on his shoulders or something like that, whatever, he's carrying one of the girls. He'd be like, okay, door guard, and Knox would run to the front, open the door, we'd all go through, Knox would fall back into his spot, you know, it was like, it was a very funny little thing. And that was, it was actually necessary, and he kind of turned it into a fun game for the kids, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. so it was, it was kind of a party. But, can you even imagine if we were still doing that? No, like, I, can you even a, imagine? Here's the thing that we, I always did, is at the grocery store, the grocery store that I usually go to has a, um, sell like you ba bag your own groceries but even if you didn't i would always send the kids through i'd say go form up by the ice machine or by the water bottles yeah. or something like go stand yeah. over there while i deal with this instead of having them all all over the place yeah. trying to help because even if everybody's being uh godly and fine it's too much happening right where you are but but this time of having the little kids form up and and I absolutely recommend it. If you are a mother and you need to take all your kids to the grocery store, this is an this is yeah, an example of tip. the kind of thing. No, it's not just a hot tip. It's the kind of thing that you better have the authority to do with yeah. your children. Like if you can say, "Kids, go form up and wait for me right there." They ought to go do it, and they ought to go stand there and wait for you. And that's what ought to be happening. And and it's actually a thing that I mean, if you have little kids practice this and talk to them about it and make sure that they know what's going on and that you're going to do it and that there will be clear consequences if they yeah. are not obedient yeah. in such a time. However, that my day of that being a thing to do is long gone yes. because I, if I go to the grocery store with my kids right now, they're all the adults in the, like they're yeah. all big. They, yeah. and it's actually a wonderful thing that they bag my groceries. They load yeah. them in the car. They do all this stuff, but it's, that little window, I had a little window where that was like, yeah, here's how you ought to be able to run a grocery store run. But I think in all of that training, the funny part is it was, God was training me to be ready for what I needed to let go of and what needed to, it wasn't. And I think this is what we were saying is that like, thank the Lord you found the system. It worked. You implemented it, etc. But if you decided that this is for all time how I handle my kids and then you got dogmatic on the social medias about like, this is what every parent needs to be doing. Yes. Like, it's just really missing the bit. I have to tell you though, a really terrible story on my daughter Okay. from that that you just spoke of. We did the same thing. So you're, as you're going through the checkout line, the kids would go line up by the ice machine and they would just wait there. And they're just across the way, but... You just hang on for Oh, a yeah. Minute. I could see them while they were doing And this yeah. is when we were in England. And my daughter was, I'm going to guess, seven years old. I'm not positive. But she was so traumatized by this. And I don't think we even heard about it. Well, maybe we did. And then she just told us this story again more recently. And I was so killed. It's so bad. It's when the Lord taught her a lesson instead of me teaching her a lesson. Um... <laughs> So we send her over there and she had pulled both her arms inside her sweatshirt, like a little <laughs> zip up hoodie over her shirt, you know, and she had sucked her arms in and just had them in there. And I had said, Hey, Missy, I want you to pull your, put your arms out through your sleeves. And so she had, but then she returned them inside the sweatshirt <laughs> in an act of disobedience. And she was there by the ice machine formed up with her arms inside and then apparently while we were still bagging up the groceries and getting them packed into the cart a man in a wheelchair who was a double amputee <laughs> came over and started talking to her and telling her about how it was going to be okay and she was brave and like all this stuff and she was like and I just didn't even know what to do because I couldn't put them out then I mean it was like oh <laughs> disobeyed and put her arms inside and then she was like oh no oh no because he was being very kind and very 
you know, like just urging her to brave her and it was going to be okay. <laughs> she was just bless, oh, bless so him. Bad. Oh my word. So bad that that happened. That so, is, that is, I indeed. think she probably never put her arms inside her sweatshirt ever again yeah, after that. that Cause I origin. think she had him in there and she was like, you know, swinging. So the empty sleeves yeah, were like swinging. Yeah. That's and I had been like, hey, let's put it back. Well, let's don't do that. She did know. it again. Right, that's and hilarious. And then that that happened, which but was... so the thing I was gonna say, mom says all the time, or I doubt she speaks of it all the time, but I've heard mom say this many times that potty training is really more mom training than it is, yeah, training the taught. Like, yeah. it's really more about mom having to step it up and yeah. do things. And I think that that is what I'm talking about is that like managing the house is always actually about me needing to grow. And the reason it is, is because that is leadership. Like yeah. if you're in a leadership position, it's always about you needing to grow, not you needing to turn and make people grow because leadership is if they're coming with you you growing is them growing like yeah. you pursuing Christ and laying your life down. And, and just to be clear, that actually does mean sometimes requiring it of them. I don't mean yeah, that. I don't absolutely. mean like it's not a hands off operation, but the thing that always needs to be done starts always with me. It's always like, I'm the one that needs to grow in this next phase. It's not like everybody else needs to yeah. do it first it's like I yeah. I do and that 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 is just the nature of leadership is mm -hmm. that you're always needing to be uh, and leading by example because if you're if you're doing the my life for yours you're leading them by example in that but not if you're doing it in such a way that you actually never do require it of them you know mm -hmm. so it's <laughs> my this will this will wrap into my tip okay which Ooh. is if possible set the table for dinner in the morning Cause like if mm, I just, sure. I set the table sometimes when I am, when I do a morning like kitchen cleanup and start the, whatever, sure. I'll set the table. And that was my, uh, <laughs> that is what I do. And I have done it, <clears throat> been trying to do it. I've done it before at different phases, but not very long ago. Uh, oh. Titus, I believe, was the one with the insight. I was not in the house at the time. I think I was downstairs. And uh, he, t he told the other kids, he was like, guys, I think we should clean up. <laughs> and he said, you know how mom always says when you're behind on life, get ahead on Christmas? <laughs> and he said, I think that's what she's been doing with setting the table. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've noticed that when we come home from school, the table is set for dinner. Mom must really be up a creek. <laughs> she must be feeling like a train wreck if the table is already set. And it, and it was sweet and yeah. also, but also quite accurate. Yeah. That my yeah. Uh, table setting. Just get a toehold somewhere. Yeah. Well, it, no, it just felt like I'm putting a pin in. I am doing this. Like I yeah. am going to yeah. do this, which also, okay. Other tip. I am listening to a book, um, as an interesting thing to think about. That's called, I think it's called the kitchen counter, the kitchen counter cookbook or the kitchen okay. counter cooking school. Okay. Um, and I, there's not a lot of new information in it, but it's always good to like, just be thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's more reminds like, you, yeah, reminds exactly. you to think about it. Exactly. And, uh, I'm not even sure because I'm listening to the book on audio. So I didn't look at the written, at the written recipe for this, Okay. but it's a pasta that was so good and so springy that I okay. am recommending it. Is this what you made for Easter? No, but that was good that too. That was really good. Uh, no, this was, this one is sauteed zucchini, but like a ton of zucchini okay. cut up, like not in uh, big rounds, but cut in like chopped more Okay. and saute it in good olive oil, like a significant okay. amount of it okay. and just keep tossed like salt and pepper and zucchini okay. while you're boiling your pasta. And when it starts when it's caramelizing and also breaking down a little bit, you know, okay. the zucchini is yep. breaking down, you stir in some of the hot pasta water into okay. it until yeah. it's like really creamy okay. kind of and then you okay. toss all the pasta 
in it and it is like really delicious what really delicious and okay. so springy and bizarrely nothing else not like cheeses of any no i mean kind. i think I, we put some parmesan on it but it was like just wow. actually quite okay. good okay as a i mean it was just a lot more it was not little bits of zucchini here and there it was quite right. a bit more zucchini all over the okay and it yeah. was really good so I'm That's telling you, a hot tip. It is. Yeah, I thought it was. Sounds it was great. like surprisingly delicious. Right yeah, there. Seems really good. Oh, do I get to hold you? Yeah. She could tell that I wanted to. I could. I now know. that you've had a Look snack. You. You're All so right. Jolly. What's your tip, Becca? Um, that's a great question. Um, one thing I can say, <laughs> it's not a tip. It's just an update, which is that. Um, hi, Easy. Hello. Um, it is that Canon has got the. Um, uh, <laughs> Rachel's taking pictures. Um, Canon has got the Soup Night Cookbook back in stock. Woo, it, had been, woo, woo. it had been gone for a year or something. So anyways, many people have texted me or messaged me or emailed me about it and asked when will it be back. And so the answer is now. It is now back. So that's um, one update. And that's great. Yeah. That. Exactly. Oh, and I started doing the on Instagram, putting up a like a weekly hashtag challenge. Uh huh. So fantastic! There were so many great Easter desserts that was really fun actually because it was um <laughs> just sucking on my finger. Um, so so many fun Easter things that were like uh, recipes I had never tried, never thought of. Really fun to look through. And this week, people have already started putting up loads of pictures of spring flowers. So that's what it is this time. So fun. Um, I'm just saying, do it. Post pictures. It's quite fun to see what all the ladies from all over the world are doing. It's very exciting and easy. You're just yes. Well, until cute. Until next time. Yeah, we need to go, don't we? Yeah, we do. We're, we're dwindling off. Well, okay. yes. Until next time, have a good time dying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And not walking, but running still, even if your running looks like walking sometimes, etc., etc. All right, until next time. Bye bye.